We had a very happy time in the days of Queen Victoria. And I was ten years old, as I say, when she died, and I know I cried. Though I didn't know her, I cried bitterly. And when an uncle said, we well, are going to have a king now, and I said, I don't want a king, I want a queenie. <laughs> I remember so well that. Hello, I'm Dave. I'm the guy that's putting all this stuff together. I need to get better. Please make me better. I want to get better, better, better acquainted with you. So in today's Getting Better Acquainted Extra, the current family season continues with a conversation between my older sister, Rebecca, and her grandma. Now, Rebecca is eight in this recording, and her grandma, Annie Jones is elderly. I've never met Annie. She died before I was born, I think. She was born in Victorian times and this conversation was recorded by last Wednesday's guest Sheila for her teacher training course that she was doing uh, a while back. Uh, You can hear a bit more context about that if you listen back to last Wednesday's episode. I think this conversation was partially scripted and in some of the stuff that I edited out there's certainly evidence that Sheila was prompting Rebecca a bit so it's it's a little bit different from the normal format of the show but it's fascinating the conversation that's had. It's so amazing to be able to include somebody kind of from history in this work of oral history that I'm recording. Some generational context going right back to the Victorian age. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I do. Nanny, do you remember anything about a horse-drawn buses? Yes, of course I do, dear. What do you want to know? Well, did people stand on them like they do now? Well, no. Because you see, the roads were cobblestones and a bus would be wobbly, and of course they wouldn't be able to stand, would they? They'd have to sit down. Oh, I see what you mean now. The wheels were hard wheels. They weren't pneumatic tyres like they are now. And of course it made the bus wobble. What happened when it rained? Well, the poor old driver, he was sitting right up in the front of the bus, exposed to the rain. Well, he had an umbrella fixed at the side, which he used to put up over his head, not take it out of its socket, but just put it up. And then he had a, a Macintosh rug went over his legs, and then he had a big Macintosh cover, cape, and then he used to drive away, and then he had a bowler hat with a cover on. What about the people, though? They had to sit there, well they hadn't got a Macintosh or umbrella, that was too bad. But if they had, it didn't matter, they had a Macintosh cape on the, fixed on the seat and they used to detach it from one side and put it over so it covered over their legs. And the rain just fell on that and not on them. And they used to jog along merrily, of course it didn't go very long distances, which was just as well. As they were coming home from work, you see, it would probably only be a penny ride which sounds very silly, doesn't it? But there were penny rides then. What sort of clothes did you wear, Nanny? Oh, just blouses and skirts made of alpaca or velvet or serge, midi length and black stockings and black shoes with flat heels, either square toes or round toes. 
not very pointed, and our gloves, always wore gloves, always, just always. It wasn't done to go out without gloves, unless you were very poor and very low in the social scale. And uh, hats, well, it all depended on your taste. You could have large hats, but you always had to have a flower on it, a big rose or ribbon. Ribbon sometimes used to hang down the back. Children always wore ribbons hanging down the backs of their Ligon hats. The frocks used to be made of embroidery, which used to be washed and starched in a big sash. I myself always had one for Sundays. It was always kept especially for Sundays, and our big red sash used to be rolled up very, very carefully for the following Sunday. And that dress used to wear, I used to wear it two Sundays for Sunday school, and then it used to be washed and starched and ironed again. Did the horses have names? Well, I think they must have had, dear, but I wouldn't know them. I only know that the driver used to sometimes say, giddy up there, Bill, or giddy up there, Bob, or something like that, but not very distinctly. So I think that they must have had names. They were very, very well cared for and well fed and they knew their drivers. I really think that the drivers used to almost always have the same horses. They got used to all their little tricks, which they have horses plenty of tricks, as we know. And in, a, in traffic, which wasn't very dense then, they had to be wary of it all. They were only just in the city, of course, the buses. They weren't in the provinces or anywhere like that. They were just in the city, take people to short distances. There was horse trams and things to take you out of London. Can you remember going anywhere on the bus? Yes. I remember going from Cambridge Circus to Liverpool Street and then we went on another bus to the Tower of London, which was a great event to me as one never went anywhere very much then because if you did you had to walk unless you could afford a bus which people didn't have very much money then. They used to prefer to walk. And as a great treat to themselves, they used to use a bus. When you were sitting on a bus, what sort of things did you see going on in the streets? Well, I saw all sorts of things. First of all, I remember as we went past the big shops down Oxford Street, we used to see the commissionaires escorting the ladies from the carriages with their big umbrella when it was raining into the shops and also what always struck me as rather dangerous but of course I suppose it wasn't was the little boys clearing out the horse manure from the street as the buses went along and the other horse traffic and cleaning it up in buckets and putting it in the containers and then another boy coming along with a broom and swooping up behind them. They had denim kind of overalls and hats to match. And dirty faces, of course, used to sweep away there and dash in amounts of traffic, almost under the horse's feet. But they used to do their job, and the roads were not dirty and not unclean. I remember the buses were nearly always covered all over with advertisements, like Bovril, and things like that that are used the present day. Brighton Bay's matches, certain cigarettes that used to be five a penny, 
in the evening when it got dark, of course they had to have a light, they had no electricity of course, so the conductor used to light a little oil lamp that he shut in a little glass cupboard which shone into the vehicle, just enough for you to see, but not enough to read by. I suppose there were vehicle lights on the front and the back, but I can't really remember that if there was. So I wasn't out at night, see. But I remember coming home in a bus, like when I've been out with my people, and seeing the little lamp up there, the same in the horse trams and that little lamp. Did you take a bus to school? Good gracious, no. What? We walked every time, about two miles a day. Walked in the morning, walked home to dinner, walked back from dinner, came home at tea time, walked home again. Besides where we used to run, all around the parks and the way. Well, what was school like though? Well, we had to be there and in our places at nine o'clock. Then we had our scripture lesson, as it was a church school. And then we went to sit in our places. We sat on hard benches in galleries like the theatre. No desks at all, of course. We had a slate and chalks and we had an abcar counting. But to clean our slates we had to spit on them and use a rag. I can still smell those slates today. Our lessons were reading, writing, arithmetic and geography. And we were taught from drawings on slabs in the wall, inserted in the wall and done with coloured chalks. A geography consisted of England and that France was just a cross but we learnt so much of England and all the different waterways and the mountains and the different things that England consisted of that I think I could draw from memory a whole map of England with the waterways and mountains etc to this day. Oh, there was another lesson we used to have about the solar system. We were taught that the moon uh, got its warmth and light from the sun. We were told about the stars. Well, so much, it was so involved that I don't think it really reached our little minds, but it's left its impress, which we always remember, and it grew bigger in our older days. Do you remember Queen Victoria? Oh yes, I remember her. I was um, 10 years old when she died and always been a queen. I'd never known anything else was a queen. Queen Victoria was a symbol of the royal family. We never saw very much of her. I don't think I ever saw her in my life. But I saw various members of the royal family, her children who came to open different things and in the places where I lived and she mostly lived up at Balmoral in her old age. She was very stout and very bad-tempered, very unapproachable as I think all her statements when found her. But she was a symbol of peace and we respected her for that and in the days of Queen Victoria. And I was 10 years old, as I say, when she died, and I know I cried. Though I didn't know her, I cried bitterly. 
And when an uncle said, well, you're going to have a king now, and I said, I don't want a king, I want a queenie. <laughs> I remember so well that. Were there any frozen counter dinners? Oh, no. None whatever. We had to cook our own food, grow our own food, buy our own food if we couldn't grow it. And it was very, very nice and very tasty. Also, there were certain foods that we have now that we'd never heard of, such as tomatoes, bananas. Bananas didn't take on very well with people. They said that they tasted just like ointments, but they, they got better. People, their appetites improved in that quarter and they enjoyed their bananas. And, but then there was a glut of, of bananas there was such a lot came into the country that we could get, they absolutely given them away. For instance, you could get 12 for a penny. The same thing happened with oranges. So of course, they'd had to be curtailed. But there was always plenty of everything and gluts of everything. Tomatoes didn't take on very well. They got it into their heads that they caused a certain disease. Appendicitis was one of them because the king had appendicitis, which was the first time it had ever been known of in the country. It was when just before his coronation, it had to be postponed. They blamed it on the tomatoes. So the tomatoes weren't very popular for a little while, but all that was exploded after a time, and they found that it was a lot of silly nonsense. There was no ice cream cart. It used to be ice cream jacks, as they called them, with like ice cream barrows. And you used to go out with your cup and get a penneth of ice cream. Or you could have a penneth of lemon ice cream, or a hapeth come to that, you'd get quite a lot. I said, I said, often have gone to the shop with my cup as a special treat for a penneth of ice cream, and it'd be enough for three of us. The ice cream was delicious, as I mentioned before. But we never thought, although we knew, that it had probably been kept underneath the ice cream jack's bed all night, you make it overnight, but we didn't care and we, we still lived. That is hygiene at, its, at that time. Well, what was it like when you lived in the country, though, with your granddad? Oh, it was just lovely. It leaves lovely memories in my mind. Everything was so plentiful. Plenty of everything, everything very nice, and everybody busy. For instance, the cooking. Grandma was always making a pudding and putting it on to boil, or roasting something on the jack before the fire, or doing a jugged hare in the big oven. Then we used to have pigs, and then the butcher used to come and kill one pig, and we used to have half the pig, and he used to have half the other. Then Grandma used to be making all sorts of things with the, with the, what you call it, the entrails, you know, and. Um, she used to make faggots and, and all sorts of lovely things she used to make. And then to all the lard, she used to render down all the fat from the different parts of it. And all the lard was all homemade, big dishes of it which we used all the winter. The butter we didn't make. We had homemade butter from the village. And I can't forget the taste of it. It was just beautiful. Butter, I've no time for butter these days. Then we had chickens, we had our own eggs, which taste so differently to the eggs of today. But perhaps it's me, I've been used to this country food and I can't 
get used to the present day food. Had a long way to go to the shop, so we had to cook, provide for the winter. So they used to put the pork in brine and salt that down. And they had sides of bacon, they used to cure that, smoke that, and hang that down in the cellar. And lots of coal and coal and coal and coal we used to get in down there. So always plenty of everything all through the winter. Children's life was very much different to what it is now. We were very restricted and we were very, 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 had our eye on us and we had to mark time all the time. For instance, if one sneaked out without their hat or their gloves, it was the most terrible crime which would have to be lived down. Children had to be seen and not heard. That was their creed in those days. Not that we weren't happy, we were quite happy in our own way. Even when I was engaged and married, I had to be in at nine o'clock. What's changed since you've been living, Nanny? I've seen many changes, dear. I've lived through three major wars, seen six kings and queens on the throne. I've seen the invention of the motor car, the radio, telephones, the cinema, television, the aeroplane, the rocket, the atom bomb, and I never thought that I would live to see a man land on the moon. It's been a fantastic period in history to live through, and it doesn't seem possible that there will be such fast changes in one's lifetime. Thank you, Nanny, for telling me such a lot. I've enjoyed listening to you. So, Sheila, who was on last Wednesday's episode, was the daughter of Annie, who you just heard, and the mother of Rebecca, who you've just heard. She was also my father's first wife. Next Wednesday is a conversation between me and my dad about relationships and women. The Wednesday after is an episode with my mum, and in that conversation, we talk about our relationship, my relationship with her, and her relationship with her mother, and how generations become like each other and try not to be like each other. That week I'm also going to be releasing another GBA Extra. This time it's me having a epiphany on a bus in a very emotional state after having had that conversation with my mum. As part of that extra I'm going to include a story that I wrote about my grandparents. So this family season it's It's about two things. It's about the relationship between my parents and my sister's parents. And it's about generations and their relationships with each other. To wrap it all up, the week after my dad, we're going to have Sue, who is the only person, as far as I know, who remained close friends, loyal friends, with my dad and both of his wives and that is an impressive feat it's even more impressive when you note that there was a crossover between those two relationships my dad left Sheila for my mother and my mother was Sheila's lodger at the time and Sue was my mum's flatmate at the time so very nice and complicated as people are that's the cast of characters they all have really interesting things to say some of these conversations have been very significant to me 
and important moments in my life I happen to capture in audio and I'm going to share with you. You can find Getting Better Acquainted on Twitter at GBA Podcast. You can find it on Facebook. It's Getting Better Acquainted. Have a search on Facebook and like it. Or you can find it on the website www.gettingbetteracquainted.co.uk. You can also subscribe. There are lots of ways to get iTunes and subscribe into us that way. And on the Stitcher Smart Radio app that you can download for your smartphone from stitcher.com or through the app store.